As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC podcast. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. I'm your host, David Ubbin, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Kendall. We are both in the Athletics College Football uh, Writer Network, I suppose. Josh focuses on South Carolina. He's covered the SEC for a long time, and I focus on Tennessee. But today, before we get started, again, leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating. It helps the show out. Again, we've got a full week of content on this show, on our website, and our app. All those things. Bruce Feldman, uh, Stu Mandel, Andy Staples has got a great story on Arkansas this week. And uh, you can buy Bruce Feldman's got a book on Coach O coming out this week. We've got a ton of stuff. Uh, if you are not a subscriber to The Athletic, you should change that. Theathletic.com backslash grits. You can read all that. And you can listen to the show ad-free. Josh... Like all good things, we've got to start in Mississippi. We, uh, we, you know, I, I think we knew when Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin arrived in the state, we'd spend a lot of time talking about them, and it probably would not mostly be on the field. And here we are. <laughs> Kylan Hill, we'll start there, made a lot of headlines this offseason, um, was a major catalyst in Mississippi changing their state flag. Sort of has gone mysteriously MIA. Uh, The details are a little bit iffy. Uh, He did not play against Texas A&M. They were off last week. Then there was a report earlier today that he had left the team, and then he tweeted and then deleted a tweet saying that was news to him. I'm not sure what's going on. I wouldn't be surprised by the time that you, fair listener, are listening to this, that you are more informed than we are. We might get some clarity. But this is pretty weird, and this is Ole Miss's, or sorry, Mississippi State's best player. Josh, what do you make of um, Leach consistently keeping it weird? Yeah, and this is sort of, I don't want to say the dark side, that's a little ominous, but this is, there's a flip side to all the Mike Leach, mono, you know, 
stand-up comedy routines at the podium on kind of a weekly yeah, basis. This is part of the Leech experience. You go back to like the the, the quote-unquote fat little girlfriends comment back at, at uh, Texas Tech. Like, I can't say anyone who's tracked Mike Leach has been shocked by anything that's happened this year. Right. So, so there's on the flip side of of, of all the yucks. There are some bad losses and, and never been afraid to kind of throw people under the bus and call out his players' toughness. And then there's even this other back layer with, you know, going back to the James situation and stuff that it there's nothing that we know of that's troubling, you know, just straight up troubling, but it's always around the fringes. So you've got a guy like Kylan Hill who, you know, popped onto the regional if not national stage and then played great when they beat LSU, really was a catalyst catching the ball, looked like a guy who was about to springboard not only that team but his own draft stock and everything else, and now he's just gone, and we don't really know why. We don't really know if he'll be back. So, you know, like we've talked about the Mike Leach experience, and we have finally gotten to the, you know, the basement of the Mike Leach experience. I, I don't love this part of it. Yeah, it's odd. I will say, when it comes to the, the, the Craig James, Adam James situation, I have been in the aforementioned shed. That whole thing was pretty nonsense, just in general. Uh, Leach, he got a raw deal on that. But this is, ultimately, when you come in, you know, any coach has to recognize, hey, these guys didn't sign up to play for me. And I also have got to, you know, um, make some, some chicken salad here, right, <laughs> as they sure. say. Uh, in, a, in a difficult situation, and you kind of just have to make it work, especially with a guy like Kylan Hill. You're not really in a position where you can come in and start kind of making demands. You have to sort of set the culture, and it's tough to know exactly what happened. But again, Mike Leach has a, a, a history of sometimes not having the greatest relations with his players. And when you have a guy of Kylan Hill's stature, you know, barely halfway into the season – and, you know, there's all this smoke about, well, I don't know if he's going to even be available. He's already missed one game. I, I think you got to find a way to make that work. And that, that's, you know, again, this is sort of the Mike Leach experience, I think. And I don't want to – I just don't want to hear the coach a month into his tenure talking about cleaning house. If he's saying to himself, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to kind of clean house, that's one thing. To be putting it out there, putting your business on the streets, one of my favorite Steve Spurrier quotes um, <laughs> are just sort of sayings. I, I don't like that from your co- from the coach. So that sets me on edge a little bit and colors everything that I see the coach do. Again, we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, who's right, who's wrong, if anybody is either. But you know, I, I, I'm I'm uncomfortable with where this thing is going right now. So I I will be interested to see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uncomfortable, I can't imagine uh, Greg Sankey had a fantastic Tuesday. Uh, we, we learned from the SEC uh, that they were wrong on Saturday. And then Lane Kiffin fined $25,000 for correctly pointing out that the SEC was incorrect, which the SEC – I don't think the SEC planned on fining itself for acknowledging that uh, the call – the replay issue was, was incorrect. The Sean Shivers uh, kick uh, on Saturday did indeed uh, touch him. Off the top of your head, I have to say that the Lane tweet storm on on Tuesday uh, or Monday night was fantastic. Uh, how difficult would it be, in honor of Lane's uh, initial poor math, to get twenty five thousand pennies, especially in a nationwide coin shortage, That's much true. less the actual two point five million 
pennies that you would need. I, and how much would shipping be on something like that if you were going to send that from Oxford to Birmingham? We should have done some some pre pre show math. We should have done that. the 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 math on the weight. But so so my thought is, <laughs> we see all these weird strength coach things that they devise. You know, Georgia strength coach releases a Thursday video, and I think other people do where they do these weird things. So maybe this summer, like the conditioning could be that the Ole Miss guys carry physically carry the pennies from Oxford to Birmingham and deliver them. That's like your that's your summer conditioning drill. So I, I think that that would be some you know Lane, Lane would get a kick out of that. But the math that I did, I actually did do math, and I'm not going to say how long it took me or how many people in my household I had to involve <laughs> to get it done. But I think it, they find Lane, the SEC find Lane, 0.64% of his yearly salary. So the equivalent for somebody making $50,000 on the street would be 320 bucks. My question is, did Lane get 320 bucks worth of enjoyment out of his tweet storm? That's my question for you. Do you think— <laughs> I have to think, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that was a bargain at that price. And just his mental health alone— you get so <laughs> sick of the coaches who stand up there and say through gritted teeth, I'm not going to comment on the officiating because I would get fined. Why not? It's 0.64% of your salary. Let it go. I checked with the SEC today. The money goes to postgraduate scholarships within the conference. So it's going for a good cause. You can probably write it off on your taxes. I don't know how $25,000 is an impediment to any of them. I applaud Lane for finally stepping up and saying, if that's all it's going to cost me, wait till you see all the one-liners I've got. I am excited to see this. Now, while you were talking, I may have looked it up. I was too curious. 2.5 million pennies equals out to roughly 2.5 metric tons. So that would equal 5,000 pounds uh, that might be on its way to Birmingham. I think absolutely. That's incredible. I mean, <laughs> and I feel like if any sort of college football community can rally up a bunch of guys who are used to carrying a bunch of money in bags, I mean, you can find them in Mississippi, right? I mean, couldn't you? I mean, just shake a tree and you can find some people to tote money in Mississippi. One would think. My, my, our, our guy Stephen Godfrey can, can probably help us connect there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Either way, I think ultimately this will not be the last time that we have to calculate the weight of a uh, change in a Lane Kiffin fine from the SEC. Uh, He made uh, quick work of rattling some cages when he was at Tennessee, and he's back in the SEC and and wasting no time. This is uh, what we were looking forward to with, with Lane Kiffin returning to the SEC. And so far, not only him, but we are also getting our money's worth. So hats off to Lane on that front. Yeah, I mean, we could. We last week we gave folks the I think million dollar idea of the Gus buyout app. We could now we could do a just a a Lane app where we help him pay his fines, where we get behind him and say we as a 
football community who's tired of hearing the coach speak it we're behind you and we will give five dollars to your next fine because we know it's coming i like it i can see it well moving out of mississippi you know josh we're about at the halfway point of the season right now and you know we're both kind of looking around I don't know that I see a lot of challenges for Alabama and Georgia. We kind of suspected this before the season. I suppose we'll see in the uh, in the cocktail party if the Fighting Kyles of Gainesville can score enough on Georgia. That team, I just think, top to bottom, just doesn't quite stack up to Georgia. You might be able to catch them on one day. But even if you do that, you know, to, uh, Florida's still got to run the table to, to get to Atlanta. I don't know that I believe they can do that. Georgia, I would bet on them to do that. Um, Florida's got a Florida's got a puncher's chance only because Georgia's offense yes. is not good enough or consistent enough to to let it leave anybody in mm-hmm, the dust. But the defense will let them lose games down the stretch. Entirely possible. Uh, and it oh, was yeah. not a fantastic team and, and beat Florida there. When, you know, but I, I still think when you look around, what, what do we what do we think of of the idea that that this season is kind of what we've seen the last what three years? Of just kind of not a lot of challenge. I mean, LSU popped through last year, of course, but Alabama and Georgia, ever since Kirby's gotten this thing going, have been the class of the SEC. And this year, it looks like they they may just march to Atlanta unchallenged. At the midpoint of the season, what is interesting about the back half of the season when we look at the top of the standings? Well, I I agree. It's Alabama and Georgia, and I'm basically ignoring them for the next five weeks. <laughs> I don't really care. I don't. I don't. I nothing they do interests me until they meet again in Atlanta and we see if Georgia can give them a little bit better game. But what does interest me is the twelve other teams. I mean it. It feels NFLy in the fact that this. It feels like a very week to week league, unless you're talking an Alabama or a Georgia game. Anybody have any idea what's going to happen when unranked LSU and unranked Auburn play in the CBS marquee conference game? Mm-hmm. I don't. I watched an LSU team and TJ Finley, who I, I think maybe should be the starting quarterback there, look great on offense. That defense is still bad to terrible. Auburn is week to week. We've seen Kentucky go from looking like a monster to looking terrible back-to-back weeks i think that's just what you're going to get with the other 12 teams so i i I will plan on embracing that and enjoy going into saturdays legitimately not knowing what's going to happen in a lot of you know you and andy staples both um believers in tj finley you got an up close look at the lsu renaissance this week they played south Carolina. what did you make of the Tigers. Are they snapping out of it? Is that the LSU team that we're going to see the rest of the season? Or was that the aberration? And the team that we saw the first month, is that the LSU we're going to see in the back half? I, I think they're going to trend back toward the the back, what we saw in the first half of the season. I think Alabama might score 85 or 90. I think that what you saw Saturday was something that a gift that South Carolina has given to lots of people in the SEC over you know, since they were accepted the invitation in 1992. I don't know if that was part of the deal, <laughs> that you just have to help people get well all the time. But that was a get-well card. That visit was a get-well card for, for LSU. The offense looked really, really good, but South Carolina's defense didn't play very well. And I, and 
South Carolina gained 7.9 yards of play and left a lot of big plays on the field. So I'm still not a believer in LSU, but I am a believer in T.J. Finley because he throws the ball great, and he's a monster. He adds a power run game that they didn't have. Uh, you know, when you put him with John Emery, he just he adds something to the quarterback position that I don't think Miles Brennan gave him. And it didn't look it didn't look like they lost anything in the passing. Mm-hmm. I respect T.J. Finley uh, growing into the quarterback that Ryan Perilou was supposed to be back in the day. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, there you go. I, Saturday I saw Alabama's offense in person, even without Jalen Waddle. This is a crazy offense. You know, it, it, I, I think it starts on the offensive line. So much has been made of the you know receivers and all that stuff. I, it starts with those guys up front. I think that's the reason why they are as great as they are. Najee Harris, fantastic player. That that Devontae Smith, you know, uh, no longer Jalen Waddle, but when Jalen Waddle was out there, obviously he was a big part of that. John Menchie as well. But every play is a chunk play. They've got 19 plays this year, longer than 30 yards. That's the most of any Power Five team. When you look at that offense, how do you stop them? How do you slow them down? Well, I asked a bunch of people that this last week and this week, and I said, you know, I'm going to give you 13 SEC teams worth of defenders and tell me who you would take to stop Alabama or to have a shot. And most of them said, well, the problem is most of the people I would take are on Georgia's team. (laughs) Georgia's got most of what you're looking for, and they still couldn't do it. So what we want to see is if Georgia plays better. But you mentioned Najee Harris. I th- he's my Heisman front runner. He's my Heisman number one at the moment. I think what he has done is what has taken – David Pollack points out in the, in the story that I'm writing, have written that this is not Tua's offense – this is not the offense that Tua ran. This is not RPO heavy. This is play action heavy, and it's play action heavy because Najee Harris is just mashing people. I think he is the engine that makes that thing go, and I don't think anybody's frankly going to stop him. Well, if you want to read uh, Josh's attempt to Frankenstein a defense that can uh, slow down Alabama, or at least attempt to, you can read that on The Athletic. So, you know, you should go ahead and, and subscribe if you haven't already. And We've also got free trials. Give us a shot. And you can read that story. Well... Josh, as we look, you know, Mitch Light and I will talk more about this on Thursday's show, but as we drift looking up to the Saturday slate in whatever we're calling this, week six, week nine, week two in the Big Ten, I don't know, whatever, Frankenstein of a season, on Saturday. We operate operate only on the SEC schedule. We we will not acknowledge that anybody else is in anything other than week nine because that's, you know, we're on God's schedule here. Yeah, as you look to Saturday, what are you keeping an eye on? I'm legitimately interested in LSU-Auburn. I, we don't know what either one is going to do. Georgia-Kentucky, I, I don't know. Neither one of those – I'm not a purist. I, I don't appreciate a 9-6 to six game and great defense as much as I like offense and, and, and more points. So Georgia-Kentucky doesn't excite me. I mean, Vandy – Back on the field, I guess that's something. That's progress for Vandy. <laughs> They're going to get some exercise. They're going to get some great fresh air. I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely, and that's important. That yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me, A and M in Florida absolutely on upset alert. You know, Arkansas. I believe an eleven and a half point underdog. Has anyone in Vegas watched the Southwest Classic the last like ten years? I mean, Arkansas. That that's honestly that's disrespectful to Arkansas. Eleven and a half points. Arkansas. 
I think can win that game. I think they'll hang. I'm sure it will come down and they will lose in heartbreaking fashion in the last month, as per tradition. Uh, and that's just what we're going to see. Florida, again, Connor Bazelak, I think he's going to put some points up on Florida. And if Florida, you know, has a couple turnovers, I don't think they're going to get enough stops to win that game comfortably. I think they got to be really careful. Missouri's playing really good football. Uh, their defense might be able to slow them down a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, you get a couple stops, you lose a turnover battle there. Florida can be in trouble. I, I don't – there's a line. I don't like the 21-17 games necessarily or the – the 17-13 game. So when it's so ridiculous, like we might get in Georgia, Kentucky, the novelty sucks me in. Like late Saturday night, I was working on my uh, Alabama, Tennessee notes, watching San Jose State and Air Force 0-0 midway through the third quarter. If it's ridiculous enough, I can get into it. And Georgia, Kentucky really might be first one to ten wins. It could be a 10-3 situation. And if it's that low... I'm into it. I'm into it because I, then every single play, the game is on the line, and it's just uh, it's the best kind of of ugly football. So if it's if if it's not that great, I'm not into it. But if it's way low, let's do it. I mean, you might if you're a Georgia Kentucky fan, you're gonna have a lot of your afternoon free. I think we're gonna get in. And, <laughs> they're gonna get in and out of there. Yeah, I think um, brace yourself. Don't eat during the game. That seems rather obvious to me. Um, it's uh, it's going to be upsetting, a little ugly, um, truly a, a Halloween delight. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll uh, myself and Mitch Latt will look more uh, into Saturday's slate. But that will do it for Wednesday's show. For Josh Kendall, I'm David Ubbin. Don't forget to leave us a review. Check out all we have on the Athletic. Leave us a rating. And again, you can subscribe at theathletic.com backslash grits and listen to this show ad-free. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.